The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. As he said, this is Opal Singleton, and I am the host of your show. And I'm not going to waste time this morning with a lot of uh, formality. Uh, We have just a very important guest, uh, a guest that I have been anxious for some time to share with you. Um, His name is Anthony Ortiz, and he's with California Youth Outreach. Anthony, you want to say hello? Hello, and it's great to be here today. You're from uh, what area? Is it uh, what Santa Rosa? I'm Where originally are you from. I'm um, I reside in Fresno in the Central California area. I'm originally from uh, East San Jose, but I've been here Fresno for about twenty years. Ah, Fresno! I go in and out of Fresno. I, I have a good friend up there. I only met him briefly, and I just think the world of him. His name is Saul, but we'll go into that later. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Fresno is known for gang activity and sex trafficking, and we will get into that in a big way. Just to alert our listeners here, first of all, this show goes out around the world. So while we have many, many followers in Southern California, we also have followers back east, uh, quite a bit of them, actually. I see all the numbers and where people are from. And, of course, they have gangs and they have different kinds of gangs and gangs organization. And we know that over in Europe, you're seeing all kinds of gangs come together because of the migration, immigration and refugee system that is going on over there. So uh, I met Anthony at the uh, Los Angeles, what I call the Los Angeles Gang Conference, but it's really the Violence Prevention and Intervention Conference. And uh, he and I just kind of struck up a a friendship right off the bat because while I research sex trafficking and, and, you know, social media exploitation and like that, Anthony is a person who's kind of done exactly what I've done of studying gangs for years and years uh, and their behavior. So before we go too far, Anthony, tell us, tell the audience here, give them your background, who you are, and what your interest is, and what you've been doing to prepare yourself for this moment. Well, myself, I'm, I wasn't technically a gang member, but I'm a, I was one of the individuals, like many individuals, um, that, are in, that have been engaged in the gang lifestyle that was influenced by gang culture. So even from the time I was a kid, because my dad was a former gang member who started our agency in, in the Bay Area, um, and we've been around for almost 40 years, um, even from a kid, I was influenced by gang culture from when my dad was involved. And so even when I grew up, when my dad was out of gangs, I still lived in the environment where gangs were still active and it was impacting um, my life um, during school and after school. And I started seeing kids that I grew up with that were 
that at first they weren't gang members, but as I started getting into high school, they started getting into gangs, and it started influencing um, how I socialized around kids. And um, I see that a lot more often where more kids are being influenced by their environment of gangs, and it's making them decide how they're going to socialize with other kids. Mm-hmm. That is, that is absolutely so true. I, you know, I think that the average person, I'm probably not average because I study some very weird things, but most of the people that I know, um, you know, aren't aware of how big gangs are and that they live amongst us. Um, I, I had a, a relative in from out of state recently, and we were passed by a whole lot of the outlaw motorcycle gang. And uh, in you know, they're going. She was going on about, oh, you know, that's all a myth, and you know, uh, most right. of them are just really wonderful people. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm like, right. okay, okay, let's give them the Boy Scout award here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what one of the things that I know is, and and I should maybe preface this conversation with that ninety percent of sex trafficking cases in Southern California have a gang nexus. Gangs have moved into sex trafficking as a means of income. And that's very important for our listeners to understand because they, they go into it with the idea of, well, you don't want to go to prison as a uh, as a sex offender. You know, life's going to be really, really ugly. But before this show is over, I will show you three gangs that are operating sex child sex trafficking rings from prison. So all of this is changing because of the money. The other thing I want to throw out there is I just did a grant application, and in Riverside County alone, there are 321 gangs with over 10,600 gang members. Now, Riverside County is quite large. We are outside of Los Angeles, go all the way to the Arizona Mm -hmm. border for those people that are overseas. So we are very large territory, but still 10,600 gang members living amongst us, going to our schools, associating with our kids recruiting kids this is a a very real issue right and and what i noticed too is um is a lot because riverside county is close to the border um they're a major hub for um for activity from across the border and so um what i've noticed about a lot of gangs down in southern california is they're they're branched out a lot not only in other states, but even up in Central and Northern California, where they can expand their uh, activities. It's like you were saying about the um, about the sex trafficking. That's the new. That's like the new drug for the gangs. So, that's the that's the new money maker. Where in the beginning, um, there was no uh, federal charges or any federal repercussions for sex trafficking. They were basically just a slap on the wrist. But mm-hmm. now that it's tied into organized crime or some kind right. of organized group, then now the laws have changed where they're being prosecuted just like if they were getting prosecuted for federal racketeering or for drug trafficking. So any any of those types of criminal activity that are considered uh, national security threats will subject you to federal prison. And that's what's changed with the gangs is they're getting more federal prosecuted uh, more and more over the years. It's happened more because of their or their um, ability to organize more, even at a street gang level where some are not even tied 
to prison gangs, but because they have an organized ability to operate, then that's when federal um, prosecution gets involved. So what happens in a prison gang? How, do, how does that work? And, you know, do they just simply move from the street to uh, realigning themselves with new people and they're still able to function behind the walls of the prison? Well, it's, it's changed now because in the past, everything, everything in prison, when you have prison gang level members, um, they were known to basically control every street gang that was under their faction or under their umbrella. But now because of the change in technology and the access of cell phones, you can get regular street guys that are not even tied to prison gangs and they can use cell phones or any kind of electronic device to run their operations from their prison cell or from the prison or from the prison yard. And so before in the past, they would rely mainly on sending messages or doing other kinds of activities to, to get the message out to the street members to do their activities on the streets. But now you can get a guy that's um, just from a regular street gang and if he has a cell phone in his, in, in his jail cell, even in a local county jail, he can run activities from there and um, control sex trafficking and drug trafficking and any kind of money making that um, he wants to conduct in the streets. Now, you're talking about cell phones that are contraband inside the prison. They're not allowed to have cell phones per se. That, that's not right. a prison right. Is that correct? Yeah, they're they're not supposed to have um, any cell phones or any kind of access to internet while they're incarcerated because of um, having contact to people outside or or being a high risk of um, conducting um, communication with others that that they um, are not supposed to be talking to or conducting any criminal activity. That's the main concern is uh, criminal activity online. Yeah, you know, um, I, you and I joked, and it, it's something of a joke, but not really. I, I have this crazy idea that I would love to, uh, and I may actually do a GoFundMe program on this. I'm still trying to gather up all the technical data, but I have, ever since I understood that dogs can sniff out phones and uh, thumb drives, I have yeah. wanted to get my followers to raise the money to buy a, a um, dog that can sniff out phones and thumb drives and give it to my Riverside County Sheriff here that we can take it out to all the prisons and all the jails in Southern California on a, on a regular basis to surprise them and maybe we can stop children from being violated out on the street because uh, you, you say to yourself, if you can't, if you can't maintain that inside a prison, how are we ever going to stop this? Right. Right. It's a, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's a it's a crazy time that is going on there when you look at all these various gangs and how they reorganize. We know that MS-13 actually were um, uh, groups that were in prison here in the U.S., sent back to El Salvador, reorganized, and then came back, yeah. and now they go into our schools to recruit our kids. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of focus on them because uh, MS-13 is one of the only gangs that's uh, validated by the federal government because they're a national security threat. And um, one thing, 
One thing about MS-13 is is they're when they first started, you know, they were they were a group that was an outcast from the street gangs in Los Angeles, from the from the Mexican American street gangs, and so they were not always tied into the gang world when they started, and uh, they they ended up evolving into their own later as they started recruiting and started adapting to the street gang culture because before they were. Um, into the skating culture and the punk rock culture in the late 70s and 80s. But when they started um, getting involved in criminal activity and clashing with Mexican-American street gangs in L.A., then they started evolving into um, a street gang like everybody else. Um, but the difference with them is is that they have a lot of ties to um, a lot of influence in the political establishment in El Salvador and that's why they're more dangerous than your average street gang or they have that's what makes them different is because their involvement in their politics in their home country and so they have a lot of influence on those individuals that are making policies in their country and that's why you see a lot of deaths and you see a lot of homicides and you see like a 200 300 uh homicide rate in that country yeah. Um, and when they bring that culture in, if if you have individuals like that, that can bring that culture into the United States, that's why there, that's why there's a big concern. It's it's because of the activity and the influence that they have at home that yes. can come into We're- the United States. We're coming up against that hard break here. We're going to get deep sure. into that subject in the next section. Stay with us, folks. Sure. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Our guest today is Anthony Ortiz. His organization is California Youth Outreach. Before we dive right back into this, I want to first of all thank each and every one of you that listened to this. I know that we have over 70 hours of these shows and they're all archived at exploitedcrimes.com. Exploitedcrimes.com. You just go on there, you hit listen, and you will see episode after episode. They're all labeled. You can download them, you can share them, you can even get an embed code for your own site, and there is no charge for it. It is my absolute passion to educate the world for free on these subjects. So I hope that you will do that. We're able to do that because people donate to me and kids. And if you want to be one of the supporters of this uh this show and uh, be able to allow us to provide this education for free, you can do that by donating at www.millionkids.org, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. If you've wandered onto the Exploited Crime site and you don't know about Million Kids, I would highly recommend that you go to Facebook, find Million Kids, hit like, and I can guarantee you, you will be a follower for life. We give you new cases every three to four hours on all kinds of human exploitation. So Anthony and I are deep in a conversation here before the break about MS-13. They are the first transnational gang. They were appointed transnational by the U.S. Treasury Department back in 2012 because of the money. And what we're talking about, first of all, we're going to be talking about how gangs have reorganized. But I want to pick up here, Anthony, with how um, the impact people People kind of turn a blind eye to what is happening of the impact of uh, gangs from South America, uh, Latin America, and also gangs from Mexico. And and I, I wanted you to pick up with what you were saying about MS-13 and why they are so important because of their political influence back home. Yeah, so, so with MS-13, they... Um they have there's a lot of uh concerns about them and how they're different from your regular street gangs like the Nortanos or the Sudanos or the Crips or the Bloods because of their of their background and their their influence they have in their home country um one thing that I would um mention especially to those that live on the east coast that are really feeling the MS13 um, influence like in Virginia or in Long Island or right. or in mm-hmm. Maryland where there's real strong hubs over there is they've been there from what I can recall since at least the 90s where they've migrated right. out there and so um, by now since it's 2018 there's a lot of kids that are involved in MS-13 that are not the same as the guys that are across the border because they live here they're from here and they've never experienced the type of level of violence that that the others have across the border. Mm-hmm. So, so they get recruited in for different reasons than the guys do across the border. So just like the street gangs here in, in California and anywhere in the United States, kids join gangs because they want to belong to something. They're looking for a social circle to uh, connect with. Um, they're looking for opportunity. Um, they got certain traumas that they're experiencing that they feel the gangs are going to um, going to solve or replace or help whatever it is that they're dealing with. And so 
there's a lot of those kids there in those areas that are in MS-13 that are experiencing the same kinds of things just like our kids here in California and other states are American street gangs. Mm-hmm. And so, and so um, you, can't, you can't lump in the ones that are born and raised here from the guys across the border because the guys across the border have different experiences, different levels of violence, and they've seen a lot more um, higher level of danger than our guys over here. I think that that's so very important. One of the things I want our listeners to be sure and recognize is that MS-13 organizes quite a bit different than, let's say, the Bloods of the Crips, because right. they work in cliques. Think of them as setting up uh, franchises across the United States, and they do that, and yeah. they do that quite undercover kind of thing. You don't really realize they're there until you get some exposure to a case. It isn't like a outlaw motorcycle gang where they all get together in a big lump. They quietly move across and set up cliques. They often work in storefronts. We had one that where they were operating out of an aromatherapy shop. I know I trained uh, Alaska State Troopers, and they have MS-13 there. And they had it in Joplin, Missouri. They have it in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, they're getting it in, in uh, parts of Salt Lake where I've been. And so you're seeing them set up these cells. The other thing that we know that they were was happening is that MS-13 was sending in their young uh, men, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, in the undocumented, or excuse me, in the unaccompanied minor program. They just had right. a raid over here in L.A., and out of 297 yeah. of them, 64 of them came in under the unaccompanied minor program. And what people right. need to understand is those some of those kids get enrolled in our schools and began to recruit based on that. Yeah, and you get a lot of, um, there's a lot of other reasons why gangs migrate as well, too. So, like, um, we had a, we, there's a big case in uh, Santa Maria where um, they had, um, they had a MS-13 um, homicides that took place and um, this is an area where they've had um, other Hispanic street gangs that have been there for years, for, for decades. And, um, and you know, this might, uh, a migration of another gang when they come into an area, you know, they, um, they're, not, they're not always noticeable right away. But, um, you know, gangs will make themselves known by their intimidation and violence towards others. You know, because I always tell people, I go, if, if gangs weren't violent, you know, society wouldn't care, but society cares when gang members commit violence. And that's, that's why even on the news, when they track homicides in every city and they say, you know, how many, gang, how many homicides were gang-related, and they'll announce how many, because we still find out, even to this day, that, that gangs are still the number one concern when it comes to a violent crime. Yeah, the other thing I'd like to hear from you, since you're the expert on this stuff, is uh, out here in Riverside County, we're seeing Mexican Mafia and Sereños, and of course you hear mm-hmm. all about what's going on in Mexico uh, down mm-hmm. there. Can you can you address that at all? You know, I heard from some a news report or from another source that uh, Riverside County is one of the, has some of the most, um, I think they bring in the most or have tracked the most drugs or 
I think it was drug trafficking through the United States, through Riverside County. They were one of the top um, counties that was um, having that kind of activity. But one thing I know about Riverside County is, like you said, they have over 10,000 validated gang members. Uh-huh. Those are just the ones that got documented. That doesn't include <laughs> anybody else that that hasn't came went into the criminal justice system. So, so you got a lot of individuals that are at least supporters, just like yeah, how what? I was. I, I wasn't a gang member, but I was a supporter of a gang culture because I was I was developing the behaviors just like the gang members. But the only difference between me and them was because I wasn't a gang member, I wasn't held accountable to um, victimize uh, other rivals um, in order to um, promote uh, their activity or, more importantly, their ideology about um, how they identify themselves as a person towards others, other gang cultures, and that's what I was involved in. But gang members couldn't hold me accountable for any violent activity because I wasn't um, officially courted in or jumped in or indoctrinated into a street gang. And that's what kids have to worry about is when they cross that line, when they make a commitment, then they have to, they're subjected to doing activity whether they like it or not. Yeah, the other thing that we're starting to see, and we're starting up against that break, and we've got about four minutes left, Uh, but uh, the other thing that we're starting to see here is that it's getting crowded out there. In other words, uh, you know, we we have out here, we have Asian gangs, and we have Latina gangs, and we have MS-13, and we have the Bloods and the Crips, and then we have local gangs, and then we have cartel gangs, and uh, you know, right. it, it, they're reorganizing in ways we've never seen before. Yeah, and um, social media has some impact on that. So um, you get a lot of, you have a lot of individuals, guys and girls, that um, that are online and they talk online every day. They're on social media every day. They're texting every day, and so. There's more people that are exposed to gang culture than before because there's a lot of stuff online that's gang involved that some people shouldn't even be looking at because really, you know, it's none of their business because gangs really don't like to put their business out there. At least in the past they didn't. But because of social media and because social media exposes information and others, then um, it's they got a different approach now and because of the younger generation the way because they're um they're engaged in social media culture because that's what they've been doing all their life then they um they have a different way of um exposing what they're doing where in the older generations they would keep everything uh very reserved and and very secretive which nowadays they don't do that as much yeah, and that, and one of the hard things about that is they use things like rap videos and games, even online gaming, to recruit absolutely innocent kids and and uh, kids who have too much time in their hand and uh, are looking to belong to something bigger than themselves. And then next thing you know, they're sucked in. We are talking right. to Anthony Ortiz. His organization is California Youth Outreach. And uh, we will be giving you his email and uh, a website. Actually, I'll just give you his email right now. It's uh, T 
T. Jr. at cyoutreach.org. And I will repeat that again in the next couple of segments. We're starting up against this hard break, and so we'll come back. When we get to the next section, I want to talk about, you know, how they rearrange a little bit, how they're recruiting kids. And then what I want to do is close this segment out uh, today uh, because I know your organization works to either keep kids out of gangs or be able to help kids get out of gangs that are in gangs. And I'm sure that that's going to be very, very important to our listeners. Many of our listeners help at-risk kids, and we have much to learn there. So this is Anthony Ortiz, California Youth Outreach. This show is called Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal Singleton. You can write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. Thank you for each and every one of you that have tuned in, that have listened, that have shared this show with others, and we appreciate your support. We're up against that heartbreak, so we'll stay with us here. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, thank you for joining us again. This is Opal Singleton in Crimes Against Humanity, and we are talking to Anthony Ortiz, Jr. He's with California Youth Outreach. His email address is tjunior, J-U-N-I-O-R, at cyoutreach.org. That stands for California Youth Outreach. Um I want to just kind of go in and address several things here as we're going forward, but one of the things I want our audience to know is that 
Anthony goes out and makes speeches the same as I do. He is an expert on gangs. He'll come to churches. He'll come to corporate corporations, to nonprofits. Um, certainly there's a speaker's fee for that, I'm sure, because you can't do that without uh, covering the cost of gas. I run into that myself all the time. You know, I put 5,000 miles a month in my car doing this. And uh, and so I'm always, always grateful for people who send money. You know, uh, it's nice to have a Starbucks gift card, but I got to put gas in the tank, you know, <laughs> and uh, you can't do this for free, even though it's a it's a mission, it's a passion. But but uh, I would encourage you if you have any kind of uh, interest in learning more about gangs to contact Anthony and have him come out and speak at your organization. So with that, uh, Anthony, I kind of like to take it on into a little bit uh, further about how gangs are reorgi- reorganizing because of social media, because of of money that is being made and uh, and like that, and and then we'll go into what we can do to help keep kids out of gangs. Yeah, so I think the first thing that changed with gangs when they reorganize is what I noticed first when I first gra- when I graduated from high school in 1990, I noticed the personality of the gang members made a drastic change because being that my dad was an ex gang member. He comes from the old school type of mentality of um, gang members, like the the cholo type of um, mindset where, um, you know, being a gangster, a gangster mentality where you don't let anybody know that you're a gang member. You keep everything secret. You keep everything um, away from um, people that shouldn't know what you're doing. But that thug mentality that's taken a grip on our kids and then since the 90s is what took over. And you can, you can listen to a lot, of the, a lot of the music that the kids are listening to, a lot, of, a lot of hip-hop rap tracks. I mean, the gangs, they even have their own music. It's not even the same right. stuff they have on the radio. But, mm-hmm. but you, can, you can hear and you can see the behavior that they have on YouTube or through the music, through their lyrics and how their behavior was different from the gang members from before. So that played a big part in the way that they organized because the way that they think and the way that, that a lot of them act now is the reason why you see a lot of guys um, behaving different. They're going online, they're sharing everything, telling everybody everything that they're doing. Um, they're um, saying it on music. Um, you know, there's more violence that's um, impacting the community that's coming from online messaging and from social media posts and from um, live streams on Facebook. And now they got IGTV that's going to come out through Instagram. And I'm sure the gangs are going to find a way to get a grip on that website as well. And so, and what so is you IGTV? see more... It's called IGTV, and that's something new that's that's either started already or it's going to start. And that's supposed to be the new competitor to YouTube. So what is it? So IGTV is is supposed to be like YouTube, but it's Facebook owns Instagram. And so they're going to make their own version of YouTube, and so they're going to have the same type of live streaming and and video posting and and that type of stuff you know you just struck a nerve with me you don't know this but i spent the entire day yesterday working on my next book 
and it was right. very much about live.me, uh, and I, it will change everything, absolutely change everything, because, uh, you know, what, what worries me about what you just said is because so many very young kids are being allowed to have a cell phone, and they love right. that live streaming thing because of what it, what these live streaming does. We're kind of off topic here, but I, you got me excited. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, what this live streaming does is, first of all, it has a geo mechanism, so it alerts hundreds of miles away that this is on, this is airing right now, and you can reward the person while they're on there. So what right. you're seeing are nine-year-olds out there twerking, uh, and I. I've had a lot of fun defining the word twerking for old people. (laughs) (laughs) Twerking, anyway. If you don't know what that means, that's wiggling your butt. But anyway, anyway, uh, but they're nine years old. They're doing it, and people are giving them um, coins, virtual coins, which are worth nothing. They're just like stickers, but this is the generation raised on stickers. And what you just said is really, really scary because what will start to happen is it will be an interactive recruiting mechanism for kids in their own bedroom right inside their own house. Any parent will never know it, and they will be able to reward those kids for behavior that they're seeking. Yeah, and and that's why – that's why – it's it's very concerning about having um, social media, you know, with kids because kids and even parents they take being online real lightly because they think if they shut off the the computer or the tablet or the phone that all their problems are going away, but that's not the case because right. when you read reports about online usage by young young kids and young adults it's uh through the roof and it's um very high that they're on there for hours a day and so when you have parents that don't have the education or the knowledge of how online activity works right then uh, and the kids know everything about it which they do because this like you said this is their generation then it becomes more challenging for the parents to um to manage uh, their behavior and, and where they're at. And um, what, ha- what I've seen a lot is more kids are being more, uh, not being as social outside of their computer like in the past because now they don't have to leave their room to shop for clothes, to buy music, to talk to people, to have friends. Um, yeah, three in the morning. The house. So <laughs> three in the morning. Eighty-seven percent of kids uh, sleep with their phone. That's why my book is called "Societal Shift: A Home Without a World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls." Because when you're sleeping in the security of your bed at three o'clock in the morning and can be reached by a total stranger, which might be a gang member, by the way, it is a yeah. back to the gang concept of this. This is the scary part of this: is that. That very media is set up to reward the performer, and so you're going to be able to have gang people, uh, you know, uh, interacting and and uh, rewarding very young children and making an impression and building rapport. What I see is they're desperate for attention, and so they take their tops off and their bottoms off and wiggle and squirm and do all the stuff that they're doing for those stickers, you know, because they're more right. popular. And we, right. you know, it, uh, it, it was uh, Sean Parker who said that Facebook was the 
um, social validation feedback loop. Now you're going to be able to have gang members accessing your children, and they probably are not old enough to even understand what a gang member is, but they're going to want their approval. Yeah, and, and one thing that's different with the gang members is whether they're online or not, gang members will will um, approach anybody that shows vulnerability to either recruit them for their own or to prey on them and victimize them. So even sometimes when they recruit, when gang members recruit young kids, you know, that's a form of victimization because some of these kids, some of them are not cut out to be gang members because they're not joining it for the reasons that these guys want them or these girls want them. They're joining because they have a need that they don't, that's missing. Something's voiding in their life at home or at school or somewhere else that they're going to the gangs to get, but the gang members are not on the same page with the kid because they have their own agenda of why they want them in the gang. Yes, that that is so true. And I, I don't think that, um, I mean, it, this this is an interesting thing that is happening in our society. I, I don't want to dominate here because you have so much information, but I do want to take a minute out and tell the people, you know, uh, it, follow me and kids on Facebook. We often will talk about the difference between the dog pan gang and the, and the bulldog gang, both of those mm-hmm. from Fresno, where Anthony's from. And the dog pound gang was a bunch of street thugs that recruited foster, homeless, runaway, and pregnant kids and sold them into prostitution. They were making about $30,000 a week just by recruiting young girls, pretending to be a boyfriend, being a hot gang member, luring them in, and then getting them involved also. They, were, they, had a, they made over a million and a half just in credit card frauds with these kids. So right. this, isn't, this is not like Disneyland we're talking about about this is the real deal that is happening with real gangs in our communities yeah and the other thing too that's changed with the how they've reorganized or recruiting too when you touch on that is whether they're just a neighborhood gang like the dog pound or if they're a whole culture with a lot of factions and subsets like the bulldogs or other gangs like crips and bloods that have hundreds of factions around the state or around the nation is these are cultures that have existed for a while and so if you live in an environment that's all crip all blood or whatever what gang they are or ms-13 or whatever they are then it's easier for them to get recruited into that because mm-hmm. they these are guys some of them are are individuals that they grew up with and so a lot of them have went through the same experiences especially the males, because the males, a lot of males that join gangs is because they've been victims of crime. And so Mm -hmm. when you get victimized by a certain group because of where you're from and because of the gang culture that's embedded in your neighborhood, then you start to relate to the ones that are already in gangs because you guys, because they have been victimized the same way. And so then that's, that's a gateway for a kid that's vulnerable by rival gang members to get in tune with the gang members in your neighborhood and start relating to being a victim. And so, so you start to adapt the same behavior as the gang members. You start hating certain groups of kids. You start hating certain symbols. 
you even start wearing the clothes that they're wearing with the symbols because now you're starting to gradually um, cord into the same type of lifestyle as them. But the only problem is, is that um, you're going to become a target as well because you're, you become guilty by association. Even if you're technically not a gang member, you know, gang members are not always victimizing you because they know who you are. They victimize you because they see a threat on you, which would be wearing a certain hat or a shirt, a certain color, or saying a certain phrase to them that's becoming a threat to that person. You're right. We are finally right up against that break here, so we're going to cut out on you folks and let you have a break, and then we'll be right back. But I do also want to talk about the impact of girls in gangs in the last segment and then how to help them get out. We're out of time. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking to Anthony Ortiz, California Youth Outreach. You can email him at tjr at cyoutreach.org. Or if you don't have a pen, you can always write me at opal at me and kids, and I'll refer you on to him. That is opal at me and kids.org, by the way. Okay, uh, this is a short segment. I want to pick up here. We were talking a little bit, first of all, about girls and gangs, but I also want to talk about your organization because you do a lot of work in helping youth number one to stay out of gangs and two get out of gangs if they're in there yeah so we do we do a lot of different um variety of services in our organization from um street outreach actually sending individuals in our agency to neighborhoods that are known for gang activity and deliver and give resources to 
individuals that basically a lot of them don't want to get out of gangs and that's the targeted population that we reach are the ones that are committing the most activity the ones that have the most influence in the communities and basically they a lot of them don't want to leave but if you want to give them if you give them um, the alternative resources outside of gangs that they can benefit on then at least you can give them a choice to get them to think about what they're involved in and um, how things in the community can benefit them when a lot of them really uh, never knew how to access resources and um, they just needed that chance to um, see what's different outside of gangs because they've been entrenched in that lifestyle for so long. So uh, also other things like case management programs, we do reentry programs where we get uh, referrals from probation and parole and helping individuals that are integrating back into society so we can reduce the recidivism rate and they don't return. And um, also things where um, we have mentoring programs where kids, they just want to talk. You know, a lot of the success in helping them to gravitate away from that lifestyle is just um, giving them a chance to have their voice heard by um, responsible adults and people that can um, connect with them outside of their, um, their usual so- social circle in the gang that they're always around. Uh-huh. And so uh, if you have a, a parent who's contacting Million Kids or California Youth Outreach and they're concerned that their, that their son or their daughter, and we are seeing more and more girls get involved in this, Right. Uh, they, their son or their daughter are are like hanging around with the wrong people, uh, exhibiting, you know, things that they think might be a indic- indicative of a gang lifestyle. How would you advise a parent to proceed? I'd have them um, if they don't have any programs in their area, because I know there's a lot of rural areas that um, don't always have the resources or to. Um, to direct their kids to um, gang intervention services or mentoring services, but I would surround my kid, or I would I would advise them to surround their son or daughter around responsible adults, uh, somebody that um, that can build a rapport with them, and that can um, give them a chance to speak and to um, be able to help them, um, you know. Just talk and um, just do help them to learn to do things outside of what they normally do. So um, whatever their need is, if they're um, concerned about work or about school, or if you really go to the root of the problem, um, if there's problems at home with the parents or or they're suicidal or they've experienced some kind of traumatic experience that they haven't shared with anybody, that's the key to um, helping individuals, especially gang members, because gang members really suppress all their humanity when they become gang members, because that's one of the reasons why they join, because they don't want to deal with whatever they experience before they became gang members. So, you know, being predatory and having aggressive behavior is a way that they suppress all of that hurt that they had. And mm-hmm. so they try, um, there's, nobody has um, opened up to them or nobody has connected with them so they can open up and um, be able to express what their frustrations are. And so what they do is they take it out on other people through gang violence, through gang intimidation, 
through whatever they're involved in. So we're coming down to the end of the show. What does California Youth Outreach do? California Youth Outreach is a nonprofit agency where we reach out to um, young individuals between 14 and 24 years old to help them um, do other things outside of the gang lifestyle. And so we try to replace whatever it is that they're involved in with things in society that's going to benefit them. So if it's school work, um, if it's um, whatever it is, that's what we're doing and our services not only impact the individual to help them be um, crime free and reduce their gang activity and their behavior and their mindset but programs like ours help impact um, reduction in crime and so when you have less individuals out in the community that's not displaying this behavior then there's a good chance that a lot of criminal activity is going to reduce because a lot of the individuals that we serve are the ones that are the you the ones that you see on the news, the ones that you read about online newspapers that are um, impacting um, active violent violent activity in in um, in the streets. So Anthony, you have a Facebook site. What is that Facebook? That is Breakout Prison Outreach. Breakout California Prison Outreach. Youth Outreach. Okay. That is our um, Facebook page. You can see all our um, recent activity that we've um, that we participated in, and some of the um, other um, stuff that you can see. There's videos, and there's a video of my father. He's an ex-gang member, and it has his whole uh, background and story of how he gravitated out of gangs. And um, we also have our website, cyoutreach.org. Okay, so that was Breakout Reach, right? Breakout Prison Outreach dash California Youth Outreach. Okay, and again, if you want to talk to Anthony through email, you can email him at tjunior, T-J-U-N-I-O-R, at cyoutreach.org. Anthony, you've been a real pleasure to have on today. We really appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate your expertise and, and being willing to share that with us. Folks, this is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. You can follow us by going to Million Kids on Facebook. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Anthony and you've missed all that, just write me at opal at millionkids.org and I'll get you in there. Thank you so much for each and every one of you that support the show financially at www.millionkids.org that go on and listen to all these other shows that share them and that that uh, use this information so that we can help keep kids safe from predators. We come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m., but you can listen to these shows anytime you want to at exploitedcrimes.com. Thank you, Anthony Ortiz from California Youth Outreach. We will talk to you next week. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.